Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, fitness for real people, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. On this week's episode, Gabrielle interviews certified personal training coach, Adrian Seha. They discuss all about health and fitness, their personal successes as coaches and entrepreneurs, and their client successes. Adrian believes that fitness should be for everyone, creating a sustainable fitness program for real people. And now here's your host, personal trainer and stretch therapist, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar. And on today's episode, I have Adrian Seha, a certified personal trainer, uh, fitness influencer, and nutrition coach. Welcome to the show today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing too. I kind of checked out some of your stuff and I was like, yeah, this is... <laughs> This is what people need, fitness for real people. <laughs> fitness for, yes. I. Uh, well, you're the neighborhood trainer, so it's kind of the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think I think sometimes we get a little bit, uh, we get a little bit jaded and we start to think about like fitness is for like, um, you want to be on stage and you, everybody has to be perfect. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like 90% of people are real people and are trying to just be normal, you know, so trying we need to, <laughs> we need more people are talking about how to create more of a sustainable and doable approach to this because it's for everybody. I mean, you look at the human musculoskeletal system, it's, it's for movement. I mean, that's the primary function of it. And it's like, you know, if you're a human, you know, you're going to, you're going to benefit from exercise. It's almost like this, this thing of like, oh, that's not for me. It's like, no, 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 it is. Yes, <laughs> it <be> definitely. <laughs> it doesn't mean we all have to bodybuild. doesn't mean we all have to lift these crazy, this crazy weight and stuff, you know, but starting, starting at the person's fitness level. And Absolutely. it's challenging sometimes changing people's mind uh, framework on that. Yeah, and I think meeting people where they're at. I think a lot of a lot of people have this idea that they're going to go work out with a trainer and the trainer's just going to kill them. I, you know, I've seen trainers sometimes where they're like, "Yeah, I made this person throw up." But I'm like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> like, what makes you think that person wants to come back after you made yeah. them vomit? Yeah. Like, I don't ever want to see you again after throwing up. Like, I'm not Yeah, and interesting you actually brought that up because I think Right now, one of the things I'm trying to do is really change up my verbiage or like my language with like, I don't say, well, I say, I guess in a sense, but I'm trying to use more like coach or my coaching business or what I do in my coach, because I think the, the wording kind of matters. And I think sometimes trainer can sometimes have this um, stigma. This, uh, yeah. Particularly for, uh, uh, for different demographics and things like that and stuff, you know, so I think sometimes it can kind of make people fear a little bit like trainer uh they're probably gonna make me do this and this and this you know it's like they don't look at it as hey like they're professionals if they're good they will start you where you're at you know absolutely we use well i mean i own a pilates studio now so um uh -huh. i do training and and coaching and what we use the term often is teacher Ah, okay. Uh, because what we like to portray is that we are teaching you. We are teaching you mm -hmm. how to do things the right way. We're teaching you how to do things correctly and not just going and doing 100 burpees, but doing them wrong and going like and that. doing kettlebell swings and then hurting yourself. I think one of the things that I, I learned a long time ago when I was in this business is 
that I did not love large group training, you know, seeing people in like groups of 40 or 50 people and, you know, five or six or seven of them would be out because they were hurt. And to me, I'm not teaching you things because I can't see you. I can't help you. I can't coach you because I don't know what you're doing because I can only see so many people. So my classes, when I do classes, I max them out at 10 because I don't want to be able to miss somebody. I don't want to be able to or not be able to tell you, you know, be in your flat on your feet and not on your toes or on your heels or drop your shoulders down or stop pushing your chin forward or, you know, sit taller and drop your shoulders down, you know, whatever it is going into that correct posture, because whatever you're doing is not correct and you're going to get hurt because that's my job, right? My job is to help you to do something correctly, not just to get you to lose weight. Like, that's great. That's the benefit of it. But I don't want you to get hurt in the process. Yeah. I've done Pilates actually once, and this was like 10 years ago, and it was pretty <laughs> challenging. You put your body in, in positions and in different ways that you're not generally used to, <laughs> but it was, it was a good experience. I always love something different and new and uh, because then I look for ways. It forces me to look for things that I can improve on. It's definitely a challenging modality that's very different from anything else <laughs> i will definitely say that even very different from yoga i think people put the two together very often and they're not the same they yeah. are very much not the same but yeah. uh, i always encourage people to do different modalities do a lot of different things don't do all the same thing because you want to get the benefit from all types of exercise, not just one That's type so of exercise. And I think we go through seasons of like, of um, your like as your body kind of changes and stuff. You start to, you know, I think I really need to just, you know, improve on my recovery. <laughs> you know, after we've worked out for so long and you kind of been able to recover well because maybe you were younger or whatever it was. And but I think. Not that I'm calling myself old or anything. I'm in my early 30s, but uh, you know, not old. <laughs> even just, even just, um, just recently, I'm like, yeah, I can't, I, you know, I can't work out for three hours anymore. When I, you know, when I was in my 20s, I mean, for that matter, like, I feel like I have to wait three hours even for my food to digest. So it's just different. You have you know, to change. Yes, definitely. Yeah, attention to that. You definitely have to pay attention. I think your your workout routine shift as you age and then when you you know when your hormones change or when you age or through injury or um you know as as you get into your 40s as you get into your 50s and then 60s and 70s things are just very very different your body doesn't move the same you don't you don't recover the same so you have to kind of understand that you're learning constantly which is why we're teachers as well you're learning constantly how to how to train for your body which is again why we meet people where they're at Mm -hmm. so So that's definitely we are coaches we are coaching you how how to do what is best for your body for Mm -hmm. sure absolutely so why don't you tell us a little bit about your story why how did you get into doing what you do and and why do you why do you love it and yeah (laughs) i know um 
I actually kind of answered this in a very interesting way um, recently in an article because I talked about how I still feel like I'm still kind of processing my my um, like my why of like why I got into it. But <clears throat> when I think about it and when I process it, it always takes me back to my grandma when she was um, uh, well, I was in high school and she was a diabetic and she had all these other complications that just come with that disease, right? And I think in high school, I didn't really fully understand what exactly it was and all the complications with it and stuff until later I started to learn about it and stuff, my own genuine interest in exercising and stuff. And then realizing like, ah, oh, well, this, this is coupled with, you know, eating right, you know? Um, and so learning about nutrition and stuff. And then I just kind of had this aha moment, like, wait a minute, like, there's a trend here. Like all these lifestyle diseases um, are are um, aligned with our daily life choices, our food choices, and things like that. So it can actually work against us if we're not eating healthy and et cetera, et cetera. And it then it kind of took me back. I think this could have been prevented or reversed. Um, I think at that time it was a very tragic uh, thing in my life because at the time it was probably one of. Um, there's another death in the family fairly recently, but this one was a little bit different because it was my own grandma, you know? So it was pretty tragic in my life and um, sort of on this quest to like look for answers or whatever it was. But I realized that it was, that it came down, that it came down to a lifestyle. And um, I, I, I just had this deep compelled uh, feeling of like, people need to know this stuff. And I think oftentimes we're at the mercy of, um, of quick fix and easy and sadly to say convenience and things like that. But it does take intentionality to get well and it does take work to get well. And I think we try to do it in a way that's very convenient and, and, and there can be a simple approach over the long term and stuff, you know, but, but it does take that a little bit. And I think when I think of the root of where it started, it probably comes from there. Can I share one more thing though? Yeah, uh, of course. Stuff, I think it kind of goes hand in hand. So when I was 10 years old, um, I was actually in a car accident. My mom and I, we were in a car and we were in a small street and we were going towards um, a busy street, so towards busy traffic. And I don't know what exactly happened. Look, my mom is a great mom. For some reason, I don't know why I didn't have a seatbelt on. Or maybe I did, but maybe I still flip out of the seat. I don't know. But anyway, we hit the car. And so I flew up out of the seat and hit the windshield. Um, I was working on, I was kind of playing with some game things. I wasn't really paying attention. So I flew up out of the seat and I hit the windshield. Since that day, there had been this, this um, major speech impediment in my life at the time. And I think at that time, it, it was sort of overlooked as this like little kid thing. Oh, he's 10. It'll be behind him soon. Um, it'll go away. But it did not. And it became my biggest insecurity. And then so when I discovered this thing of like health and fitness and nutrition, truly, I felt like it was the one thing that I could talk about where I felt like I had a people's attention and I felt like I had people listening to me and wanting to listen to me because everything else, when I was just a, when it was maybe a social circle with family or whatever it was, there like there was this fear and insecurity of me even sharing or saying anything because I knew what was gonna happen. I was gonna stutter. And then the, the, the effect of that could have been uh, maybe their lack of patience letting me get my words out or just being embarrassed and them like staring at me and stuff, you know? So what would I do? I would just not speak. So I felt like it, it wasn't 
like I wasn't being my truest self. And that's really, uh, that was really hurting. That was something that was an insecurity for me. It was, it was hurtful for me then. But when I talked about this stuff that I loved, the stuff that I was passionate about, I felt like it was truly um, healing for me. Um, I, felt like, I felt like it was something that, um, that I wouldn't think about. It was very, like it wasn't a conscious thought, like, am I gonna stutter? What if I, or what if this, or, or whatever it is. I was just flow, oh, did you know this? That da -da 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 -da. So I would just speak on this stuff and it would just flow naturally and I loved it. Um, so much to the point where I was speaking so fast, where I realized it was just like, uh, there was just that deep compelled feeling again of just like letting to net, letting to net, to let uh, people know and, and giving them the details and the information or what I learned um, in this book or whatever it was and stuff. So I think it's a combination of those two things, but um, of course it traces back to, to my past, <laughs> some too hurtful moment in my past. Well, I think it always does. I mean, there always is some sort of interest that you have in, in certain things. I mean, for me, I, I think I always had an interest in it being in sports as a kid and, and just loving, loving being in that field. I was, I was a pre-business major in college and boring, uh, boring, I hated <laughs> it. But when I found myself in, in my nutrition, you know, I, I took a semester off and then decided I was just going to take a couple of nutrition classes and fitness classes and at uh, Arizona State. And I just loved it. Like you just have this passion for it. It's like, I, it's just like something ignites in you, something mm -hmm. fires in you where you're like, check this out. Like you'll, and people don't look at you this there. You're like, yeah, okay, whatever. But you're like, no, listen to this, this, can you, when you do this and do this and do this, this can happen. And when you, when you're eating and you digest, this is how this happens. And they're like, yeah. really? You know, that's weird. And you're like, I know. Right. <laughs> but like, you're passionate about it. And so your passion exudes to other people and people can, it, it rubs off on them. And mm -hmm. It becomes just this contagious, right? Contagious, yes. It becomes like, contagious. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's for me. This industry has never been about necessarily about weight loss or diet or whatever. It's about truly helping people and loving what you do. Mm. Like I, I really love to hear stories about what my job has done for other people about. Mm their successes about you know their relief from pain about them uh, their cholesterol being lower i have uh two sisters that come into me and one of them she's been working out with me for months and got her cholesterol back and it dropped by like 70 points and she's like i don't even know i don't even understand how this happened She's like, I haven't changed anything. I just started exercising. And I was like, that's fantastic. And just last week, her sister came in and she said, I'm on the, the higher end of normal with my cholesterol for the first time in I don't even know how long. And this wow. is all I've changed. And it's like, those are success stories. Those are huge. And that's why I do this. That's why I love my job. Mm -hmm. So that's why we do it. It's the passion for it. It's the love for it. It's that some that thing that just keeps us going. So and I think it's it's also it, this this constant discovery of something new, and then it's always different with each person. 
And I think I love that too. It's it's never the same situation. There's this constant discovery. Okay, where's this person at? You know, what what has their background been like? What have they tried? What worked? What didn't work? You know, um, those things are important. But yeah, you're right though. It is always different. And, you know, what may work for one person might not work for another person. And, and, and I think that's, that's what's hard and what makes our job difficult is because one diet might not work, one exercise program might not work. So it's not a one size fits all. It really is not. You have to, again, meet that person where they're at. Find what that person likes. Understand where they are, what their injuries are, what their habits are, what they yeah. do when they're not there. Because as a trainer, you see a person for an hour to two, maybe three hours a week. They have the rest of that time <laughs> during yeah. the week that you don't see them. Mm-hmm. And as many times as I have been asked to follow people around and slap food out of their hands, I'm mm-hmm. never going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I have been asked if they could pay me to do that. I'm never going to do that. It's not It's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Your coaching style is not handled. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you have to figure out what, what works best for people. And, and that is all part of our job. And it's all part of what what works for them and what works for us as, as our job. So absolutely. tell me a little bit about some success stories that you've had in your career. Gosh, well, you know, I feel like there are, um, there are many internal ones also. I mean, like being sure. self-employed and stuff, you know, it's not this entrepreneurial journey, I guess. Oh yeah, it, definitely. It something that, that gets talked about often and stuff, you know, but we face interesting challenges where we feel like we need our own little particular community where it's like, do you understand what I'm going through? <laughs> yes. But I think just a stretch in mindset, feeling confident enough uh, and, and uh, qualified or worthy, if you will, enough to, to, to really help people see big change in their life, even though I've done it before, but it's like, the, the constant um, reminder of, of sense of adequacy, regardless of my qualifications or, or whatever it is, it's like this mindset thing. It's like, um, then you have these people who are, so. Little business owners, et cetera. And so these people live, uh, I don't want to say a particular way, but they have big goals and they have uh, big aspirations and things like that. Can you see me okay? Because I just saw. Yeah, I, we froze for a second, but yeah, yeah. you're here. Okay. okay, great. Great, yeah. And so um, so oftentimes, uh, this means that uh, my clientele can be older than me. So then I have to, I find myself questioning, like, can I actually help them? How how intentional can I be? Um, you know, uh, you know what, what level of accountability are they going to allow me to kind of speak into things or what level of coaching or whatever it is, you know? So kind of going through that discovery for myself. But what I found though in the end is that they, regardless, they really appreciate the honesty, calling them out on certain things, um, um, holding them accountable to a higher standard. Because here's the thing, we wanna hold them accountable to the person that they're trying to become, not to the person that they are. And I think sometimes trainers- Or the person we think they should be. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And so uh, figuring that out and then helping them walk through this like 
through this uh, process of of the change um, and things like that. So that's what a major one for me, um, especially because I think I started this. I mean, I started private coaching when I was 24. I was fairly young. I didn't think that I was young then. I felt like, oh no, I'm so late. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that, but anyway. Um, so here I am, seven-ish years later or so, and and um, still having to kind of face that. But it's, I think it's a constant thing, and I get better at it and stuff, and I improve. And uh, you'll you know, you'll think that. that for a long time. Trust me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still... know, and then it's just gonna. It's going to go to a different level and then i have it's almost like you have to build the confidence at each new level but really at the end of the day it's a it, it's a new level that you're not used to it's a change process and so you build the confidence at that level and so on and so forth um i think also just just being able to come up with um my own coaching system. So recently the Seha Method was created and the Seha Method is, is my unique uh, coaching system. It's a three-phase systematic process designed to simplify fitness and nutrition, um, improve your uh, your health and um, achieve sustainable results. And so what this is, is it's walking people through a sustainable approach of change. And the first phase is all about um, adherence and sustainable habits. Um, because you can have the best plan, the best program, but if you do not have the right mindset, you can't see a change. Right. I think oftentimes that's where people who kind of lose it. It's like, stop shooting from point A to point Z. Because um, that just leads to self-sabotage and things like that. So, hey, let's just take the next one to two things and focus on that. Is it going to be, you know, upping your water? Is it going to be improving your sleep routine? Let's right. focus on that. for Because these are the little things that are fundamental. They're, they're better in your health. And then, of course, in return, if you have like a weight loss goal or muscle gaining goal, whatever it is, it's also going to align with those goals, too. You know, so these are uh, things that are definitely foundational. I don't like this quick fix. That's not my approach. I'm not looking for me neither. set of macros <laughs> or whatever it is and stuff. It's like, no, let's get after the real change. Like, um, if you want that kind of change, then come and see me. Right. <laughs> uh, so that, I think, has brought a lot of clarity to sort of like you know, what makes me unique or what makes me different or sort of my approach and how I um, take my clients through this process. And so the clarity alone, it um, has been um, has been good. So I think that from a business perspective, um, two years ago, I got my LLC. So that's that was a, a major um, uh, thing for me. And gosh, what else? Um, I've done two fitness competitions. That's more of a personal thing, but I mean, it's it stretched my mindset a little bit and stuff. You know, it's kind of just been one of They're those tough. things that I always wanted to do. Yeah, it, it's kind not of not my thing. That. I've helped wanna, people <laughs> train for them, but yeah, I, I am yeah, yeah. not into that. Not but one. The bit. funny thing is that, <laughs> like, it, it's though it's not my thing necessarily. It's always been something that I wanted to do. Just sort of like I just want to scratch that itch, and mm -hmm. so I did. That was done with it taught me a lot it stretched my mindset and it was fun because i'm just super competitive in nature and so that was that and so that was fun gosh um yeah i've been able to help tons of different people like i had a client who lost over 100 pounds and um unfortunately may she rest in peace but in 2017 she actually passed away in a car accident and so that was drastic for me no um, it was on the freeway yeah and but I like to say that she was probably my favorite transformation because not just the significant weight that she lost, but she said, 
She said, this journey has, has forced me to confront other issues in my life, like lack of discipline, um, how she was overspending and really mismanaging her money and um, her relationships with her family and her eating habits, of course, and um, all that stuff, but really confronting these other issues that she felt like she had. And I was like, I mean, those kind of things you don't really expect, you know, it's like you don't, you know that that it can happen and that there's potential for that happening. But when it actually happens and when they talk about it and they <clears throat> share their experience with it, it's a whole different, it's a whole different feeling. It's like, well, like, wow, if there's, yeah. if there's any reason why I do this, like it was for that, <laughs> like to see, to see that change happen. And during that time, she was able to reconnect with her dad who she had not seen in over a decade. And so again, it's just her growing personally, um, changing a ton from the inside out also, wanting to sort of like reconcile this relationship with their dad and she does and it, they got like closure and things like that. And and um, yeah, those are the things I, I think are also some great success stories for me. Yeah, I think uh, just touching on the inadequacies, uh, I think you can you can have hundreds of clients and see hundreds of people. I have <laughs> over mm -hmm. how many years? Fourteen, yeah, fifteen, and you still have those moments, no matter what. I still have those moments, and it's no matter how many times somebody tells you how much they appreciate you still have that moment of like am i doing enough and yes. i think i think I that, <laughs> yeah. am i am i doing enough is it and i think it's that it's that giving nature it's that much it's because you're doing it because you want to do it for somebody else mm -hmm. and you know then then you have these moments where i had a client uh who was a client of mine in 2010 2009 or 2010 and I had left that job and started up my own business at this point. And she would get my emails. I had an email list and she was on my email list. And I'd emailed her, you know, and emailed her and emailed her and over the years. And she just recently brought her husband in. So her and her husband came in and she's like, oh, my God, you know, remember my son? He's 24 now. And I was like, what? Yeah. God, he was in yeah. elementary school. Like, what is happening? Wow. And, you know, now her and her husband are, are clients at my studio and they love it. And she's like, I've been getting your emails all these years. And I finally decided to bring my husband in and we're so happy here. And, you know, I'm <laughs> well, so that glad that I have an email this too. I'm glad that that worked out. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes, sometimes it takes 12 years, but 11, <laughs> 11, 12 years, but it happens. And, you know, it's, you you make an impact on people that you may not necessarily see or know, but you do. And right. it's those moments where you're like, okay, I guess I'm doing something right. But you still have those moments where somebody leaves you or somebody quits or people are mad at you because they didn't lose weight or, or whatever it is, you know, but you have to do your job to the best of your ability because that's, that's what you're doing. That's what you're here for. But then you have those success stories like your client that loses a hundred pounds. Then you have those success stories, what like, you know, the people that, drop their cholesterol by 10 to 70 points, which is amazing. 
or yeah. or whatever it is, you know, people that are are living their lives pain free and just happy that you were in their life. You know, I have a former client who now is a trainer herself and she's doing fantastic and she's like, it's all because of you. You know, you are my inspiration. You're the reason that I started doing this because she, you know, she got into bikini competitions and I trained her many years ago. And I remember she, we trained her um, for her first fitness competition and the, a few days before her, um, before her competition, she was like bicep curling three pounds because she was just like fatigued to no end. And she's like, I can't do it. (laughs) Like crying. And and we're like, all right, that's enough. We're going to, we're going to go ahead and quit here, you know, but you have those moments that push you forward and that, that make you just love your job that much more. So Mm -hmm. it's, it is, it's why we do what we do and why we are influencers, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't consider myself an influencer, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, we, we have a story to tell and we have successes. We have our failures too, just like anybody personal and um, clients, but that's just, that's kind of life, right? Yeah. And you build this resilience um, where you know, the next failure or whatever it is, or disappointment, you know, doesn't go as deep as the first time. Right. You know, I think it was, gosh, who was it? I think it was Elon Musk who said something like, um, uh, if you need constant encouragement, then maybe this entrepreneurship journey isn't right for you. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I was like, well, that's an interesting way to put it. Um, though I felt like I needed it. I don't think I was like dependent on it and stuff, you know, because I just had this natural ambition just to go and get better and just you know became this obsession of like and there's, ah, there's been you know? plenty of crying in my in my journey but that's okay <laughs> but yeah, that's it's okay definitely part of the journey uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. well so you have your own uh business in fullerton you have your own uh place your own music. business uh mm-hmm. that you run out of fullerton california and you have um a 10 step pro or 10 10 step that sounds kind of like 10 week program, uh-huh. 10 week, not 10 yeah. step, uh-huh. <laughs> a 10 week program. Um, and, uh, people can find you on anywhere social media. Yeah. Anywhere official Adrian Seha. Official, official, <laughs> I'm gonna use official Adrian Seha. Um, they can yeah. find you there. And, uh, if anybody's in the California area and looking or the Fullerton area and looking for a trainer, they could definitely come and reach you. The neighborhood yeah. trainer. Yes, for sure. So, yes. um, is there anything that you would like to add any other little tidbits or any information you think people should know about your world? Uh, well, my world, um, you know, just, just sometimes our life makes sense connecting the dots backwards. And so where, whatever challenge um, or whatever challenges people have had um, trying to get healthier and stuff, it'll make sense down the line. We just have to keep on going and um, don't throw in the towel, especially at such a time as this, right? We're going into uh, the holidays and all that stuff. And so what a great opportunity for people just to naturally say, ah, let me wait to the new year. <laughs> yeah, or make but, all the exclu- excuses uh, in yeah. the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, you already sort of set your mind up 
that um, you're not going to do anything. And so, but you can still say like, I'm going to work on this and this and this. I'm still going to improve in this. Because if you really look at it, I mean, you really just have the actual holidays, right? And I get it. Some people, they travel and et cetera, et cetera. But there's still some things we can do to, you know, not go overboard at or be at as intentional. Anyway, I say all that because if you truly do aspire to um, get well, get healthier, um, then um, fight through the challenges and you'll see a way um, to the top for yourself. Sure. I love that. Well, even if you decide to gorge yourself on Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate. I plan to. It's yeah, me too. It's a day. It is a day. Yeah. But the rest of the days are normal days. So you can still work out. You can still eat better. You can still make better choices on those days. And so what you have one day where you eat an entire turkey leg and stuffing and potatoes and pumpkin pie, which I don't like. I don't like pumpkin pie, but but who cares? Whatever, whatever your dessert yeah. choice is, whatever it is, who cares? Vanilla ice cream with chocolate sauce. I don't care. But, you know, whatever it might be that day, take the rest of the days to do your normal thing and mm -hmm. enjoy those moments for what they are. They're moments, right? Yeah, exactly. Speaking of Thanksgiving, um, the Monday right after, I am launching a five-day clean eating challenge, and it'll be for free. Um, if you want to add some online workouts to it, there's a small um, there's a small fee for that regularly. But if somebody mentions you, I'm happy to do that for them for free. So if, if there's anybody who's listening, they can get the five-day clean eating challenge, five-day clean eating challenge, and online workouts um, absolutely free. They awesome. Be, um, yeah. Um, they just mentioned you. So that starts the Monday after uh, Thanksgiving. So if they follow me, they can hear um, more about that and then when it starts. Great. I um, I will link. Is there a link that I can put that? Is that on your website? Uh, they could just, it's going to be start promoted, I think, next week on my social media. So they can just follow me and then. Okay. And then All right. We'll put it on your social. We'll put yeah, the link to your socials on there. Awesome. Sweet. Great. Sounds good. Well, thank, thank you, you so much for coming on. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Um, thanks for sharing your story, sharing your entrepreneurial stories too. I always love to hear those because because I have them as well. <laughs> and anybody yeah, that yeah. anybody that is an entrepreneur and works for themselves, all we all of us feel the same. We have all of those same challenges. Trust me. <laughs> well, that's encouraging to me too. So I'm glad to glad to know that. Thank you for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. Allow me to share. Yeah, definitely. Thank you very, very much. Uh, really appreciate it. And thank you everyone for listening today. Um, if you want to find Adrian on anything, I will post those social media links and post this website as well in the show notes. So thank you so much. And we will all see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. If you would like more information on today's episode, you can find it in the show notes and on Gabrielle's website at www.destinationfitcations.com. Visit to keep an eye out for upcoming fitcations. Be sure to share the show, give this podcast a review, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Join us next week to hear more stories from people just like you. This has been the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People with Gabrielle Mazar.